opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And here we are once again on Tuesday Topics. I'm your co-host, Brian Charlson. And of course, with us this evening is the other host of Tuesday Topics, Mr. Paul Edwards. How you doing, Paul? I am. I am well. I just got in under the wire. But uh, that's usually my gig. What are you doing? <laughs> for some reason, Zoom wouldn't let me in. It just it oh, just dead. it just thought that I was no longer a co-host. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Sad day. But we're yes. glad to have you here. You gave us all a bit of a scare, but uh, we, we're we're adults. We can handle it. Yes. And also with us this evening, our usual uh, cast of characters here, Mr. Rick Morin. Hello. Hey, Rick. hey everybody. Hi. There's the man. There's the man. He's been a mighty busy boy with one thing and another. And, of course, we have Larry. I am here. There he is. And We're excited. Uh, his, his stuttering <laughs> hard drive there to start out Yeah, the I had Zoom issues, too, but I just started earlier. It hangs still. And I'm working <laughs> on trying to get fix that. It's not fun. And now, gentlemen, all together, who are we? Introducing next, Marianne. 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 Oh, Marianne. How are you this evening? I'm well, thank you. There and, we go. And do we know where Ginger is? <laughs> and the skipper too, the millionaire and his wives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, I think they were on a three-hour tour. Yeah, <laughs> that was what kept Paul. Avoid the three-hour tours. They're not good. Yeah. No, no, not good. Not good at all. So, Paul, when you sent out the uh, the reminder, uh -oh. the subject line changed just a mite. Did it not? A holiday horror? Yeah. The holiday <laughs> horror. I wondered the same thing this morning. I'm thinking, is this the same Tuesday topics I read about a couple of days ago? It looked a little different to me. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. We getting our holidays mixed up here? What? what I, Halloween I thought, was a while ago. I thought it might attract a little attention. Well, it did. People from across the people from across the street who don't know anything about before. you came up and said, "What's that about?" They <laughs> did. <laughs> but please note there were three or four question marks after the horror. Oh well, you know how speech deals with the question marks, don't you? Well, uh, it's supposed to say horror. If you have it set on mo, if you have it set on some, sometimes it it doesn't even tell you that there are exclamation marks there. Yeah, exactly. So I did not exactly. know. Yeah. So yeah. punctuation marks difficult. Anyway, yeah. we're all here, and you get to explain what holiday horrors is. Oh, I I didn't put holiday horrors. I put holiday horror. Oh, pardon me. Pardon me. Yeah. You, it nonetheless, <laughs> falls upon you to talk yourself out of it. <laughs> it does. So um, when, when we initially decided on this topic, we thought there were, there were two major questions that we wanted to explore. What are holidays like for blind people in general? And, and I think sometimes those, those situations can be horrors because uh, they can, uh, they can, they can see us being ignored or treated in in a protective way by our families. They can see us. Um, they can see us being shunted to the sidelines. There are a bunch of things that can happen. And and on and on the other hand, what are holidays like when we host them ourselves? How does how does that work when others arrive at our house and are 
uh, becoming a a part of our holiday celebration are there are there issues that operate for people who are blind and in in the case of both of the situations that uh which which both of them can have horrors what can we do to um to lessen the scariness of what can often happen with holidays and of course there is the third kind of holiday horror that we have that we will probably end up talking about some and that is are folks who are blind or visually impaired and who are to a degree isolated um, likely to be more depressed at the time of holidays than at other times? And if so, what do we do about that too? So there. So why don't we start by going around the room and asking the, oh my God, there's five of us, to uh, explain a bit of what uh, home for the holidays means to them. Who would like to step up first? Let's see. Mm-hmm. I introduced Marianne last, so I'm going to call on her first. <clears throat> okay. Um, I'll start with um, hosting holidays because um, that's where I'm the most confident. Um, I, I love hosting. Um, and what I do is um, I always set up a table. It's usually potluck. Well, not it's not always potluck. I shouldn't say that. If, if I'm cooking, that's wonderful. I love cooking. And I just you know, organize everything so I know exactly where it all is. I greet people. Um, I get them seated. Um, oftentimes, there's a mix between people who can see and people who cannot. Um, if it's a potluck, I have a six-foot table that I set up. I make sure that I ask people what it is. I put it in an order that I'm comfortable with. And usually, I do the serving. So that's how I host um, nice. a holiday or any event. And, and I love hosting. So um, as far as going to like family for, for holidays, that is always hard. Um, my sisters are so competent and they do everything so fast. And while I'm a competent homemaker and a comp- competent cook and housekeeper, they're just faster at everything. So I end up um, kind of just hanging out and, and um, talking with people and not so much doing the cleanup or the um, serving um, in situations like that. So it, it is a little bit daunting. Um, I always feel like, gee, I wish my family could see me in a situation where I'm in control. And that's it's been a very long time since that's been the case. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What dish do you bring when it's a potluck family thing? Um, I usually do the stuffed mushrooms. Um, that's She's you know, a mushroom lady. I love mushrooms. There um, you go. Yeah, stuffed mushrooms. Usually, that's one of my one of my good dishes. So there's a fungus among us. Yeah. That's good. That's right. Not, not not coming to your house. Well, <laughs> no, I do lots Paul. of other things, Paul. Paul. Good. It's fungus averse. Italian yes, is a real big thing. Sorry, yeah. Nice. So, Mister. Oh, let's see, Mister Morin. What about you hosting and or going to family uh, holiday events? <laughs> we, don't, we don't do much of that. Um, and we, we really don't. I mean, we're mostly, uh, you know, just stay at home family type stuff. Um, so I hate to be kind of, eh, but. Do you participate in preparation of dinners and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we usually put on a big dinner uh, on thank, uh, not Thanksgiving, on Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, 
Well, in past years, up until a couple of years ago, it was um, going over to the in-laws every year. And uh, so everything kind of revolved around there. And they always had a real nice uh, piece of um, of what they used to call roast beast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Roast beast, but, yeah. A nice joint of beef they did. There you go. Uh, but you don't do that anymore because they passed or it's just falling yeah, out no, of favor? No, they, they've passed. So, we, so passed, we've been... Yeah. Um, We've been doing things at home that you know we classically hadn't done for a whole bunch of years. So, very good. Thanks. And how about you, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Edwards? I'm jumping around. Uh, Don't want you to know. You are jumping around. So you have to de- determine whether you want to talk about holidays now or holidays then, um, because they're they're fundamentally different. If if you want to talk about holidays then. Um, and and it's well, you, probably you had holidays hol- in what three different countries? Yes, I have. But holidays then wasn't so much about where I was, but, or, or rather than it was with uh, with whom I was. So when I grew up, the worst, 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 worst time of the year were holidays, um, because um, both of my parents would be drunk. And my mother, not being a nice drunk, uh, would generally um, w- would generally do atrocious things. And if she had a husband around at the time who joined her in those atrocious things, there could be some really bizarre things going on. So one year, for instance, they thought it would be really fun. They had these really lovely blown gra- glass birds as Christmas tree ornaments and they thought it would be fun to take a shotgun and shoot them all. It's oh. a bit extreme, I would say. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And and but but more than that, you know, the, you, both of us as kids knew that on holidays um, there was going to be crap and and there was going to be fighting and and we were going to get yelled at, and there was nothing that we could do right. And and every time we tried to avoid it and stay away, it just never quite worked. So those were awesome times. <laughs> and that um, went up until you were emancipated? Until you moved probably, out of the house, so to speak? Pr- pr- uh, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, and, 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 and I mean, it, it, I, I, I won't even tell you how bad it could get, but... <clears throat> You know, there were there were times on holidays when um, uh, when my mom would grab a shotgun and chase the two of us out of the house, um, and and then we would eventually have to a go and hide and then b go find somebody to come and take the shotgun away from her. Do you suffer from PTSD? <laughs> I do not, but I probably oh my should. God. Um, was not, a, not a fun childhood. That certainly it was. It was not, but. Um, and so how did you I, avoid doing that when you were head of household? Well, <laughs> I think I think I always wanted holidays to be um, to be pretty good. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they always were for for a variety of reasons. Uh, I, I the, remembered that the most amusing one was right after I got divorced from my first wife. I had moved into an apartment up in Jacksonville, and I was bound and determined that I was going to cook Christmas dinner for the family. And I was also bound and determined that 
I was not simply going to start eating things like frozen TV dinners or that kind of stuff that I was going to continue to cook. But recently, microwaves had been invented. So the microwave was going to be my savior. So um, I followed the microwave's directions and I cooked this turkey. And the kids arrived and the turkey was ready and I had the vegetables all heat, heated up. And I'd made a plum pudding and more of that in a minute. <clears throat> and everything was great. So we took the little turkey out of the oven and it it hadn't even begun to cook. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it was still at the place where it could get up and walk. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was uh, it 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 was very much a mess. So we, we sort of threw it in the oven for a while and tried to make it better and in in the long run, it was um, I, it it was it was not a very satisfactory exercise for making your kids feel like you were handling things very nicely. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> the plum pudding is only interesting because I was going all the way, so I made this really nice hard sauce with them. Um, as, as as many of you probably know, hard sauce has butter and and butter and butter and and it also has butter in it and brown <laughs> brown sugar and uh rum and vanilla and so i made it the night before and, and it really came out beautifully um and i ate it all <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that altogether that was not that was not one of your one of your better Christmases. Since then, you know, I have really enjoyed when when I could get involved with families, and that was that was actually pretty cool. Um, it it made um, it was something that I really looked forward to, and and for, and and there were there were a, a number of situations where in fact where in fact that happened, and it was really very cool. Um, and uh, Gail and I used to sort of do Christmas dinner for a lot, of, and, and I and I think Marianne kind of does the same for for blind people who are on their own would often get an invitation over to our house because, yeah, um, yeah we 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 generally cook more than we ever needed, and, and and so we would invite folks to come over to our house, and and those were those were fun times. I think it's a lot easier, and, and I'll shut up after this. I think it's a lot easier when you're hosting your own stuff because you can sometimes put your foot down and say, "This is what we're doing. It's my house, and if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to stay." Yeah. And <laughs> you Paul, don't do you say find it. it easier to serve um, to host blind people <clears throat> than other sighted people? Um, uh, no, because uh, we were we were very lucky because. Um, Gail's mom, who's a very good cook, and is uh, it was misorganization was generally down there, and so she wouldn't, she really wouldn't let any of us much in the kitchen. So, oh, you see, uh, <clears throat> my sisters are when they came in September to visit October, actually, and no yep. September, they took over my kit or tried to take over my kitchen, and I am, I am the host. Like yep. when people come to my house. So when sighted people get in there and they, you know, want to take over, I find that very disturbing. Yes. Yeah. I, do, do you find that disturbing too, Brian? Because I mean, you're, you're a kitchen maven as well. Well, for, for me, um, you know, my, 
uh, sister came to live with us about three years ago. And it took about three months for it not to be my kitchen anymore. Because <laughs> a sighted person does not have to be as organized to be successful in a kitchen as a blind person does. You need to know where something is rather than having to look through 30 things each time you're looking for something. Because the order doesn't matter as much when you can see all the spices there. They don't have to be in a particular place, that kind of thing. But I benefit from that because now we refer to the kitchen in my basement as Brian's Kitchen. And I make no apologize for being a little Hitler in that kitchen. It's mine. Put it back where you got it from or don't touch it in the first place. And, so, and yes, do you there is do you do you sometimes cook in your kitchen downstairs and then bring the food upstairs? Yes. Nice. Absolutely. More than just more than just baking. Certainly on a right. holiday meal, you know the side dishes come down here, and I'm involved mm. in the cooking of of all of the dishes that are part of a holiday meal in one form or another. But you know it's it's I. This is a shared household. So while I am um, a member of the household, I'm not in charge of it. It is a group effort, more like a commune than uh, a standard household. So Larry, how about you? Yeah, exactly. Before I get into that, this is another topic for Tuesday. And it's the topic, in essence, is why don't the people who are cleaning house put things back where they were? <laughs> My cleaner lady does. Mine means well. We've had we have this conversation yearly, or at least maybe more. And especially, it's it's like stuff in the kitchen. I mean, I, I said, look, I, I don't. You don't have to put it back in the exact same place, but put it close so I can find it. I mean, spices. I'll be look. I'll be cooking using something, maybe some salt or whatever salt it doesn't matter what it is and i can't or or some form of oil and i can't find it and i said no where could it be and then i find it in the most unlikely place and it exactly. drives me nuts and then i have a conversation <laughs> with them a nice one but it just bugs me anyway so that's i don't mind if they move it a little they can move it a few inches 18 inches whatever but don't put it across the kitchen somewhere come on <laughs> Oh, Amen we, we, to that, my friend. Oh, we have <laughs> so, we have a lady uh, up here in Jacksonville who, who uh, speaks perfect English. But in Miami, one of the challenges was that virtually all the folks you could hire who wanted to clean your house at a price you could afford mm -hmm. were Hispanic folks, and in general, right. they spoke very little English. Mm -hmm. And and you know, you could probably put my Spanish on both of my hands and oh. leave room for ten fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting. You were when you started out, Paul, just a few minutes ago. You said a lot of it depends. Uh, do you want it to cooking now or then? Yeah. Um, growing up, I would always bring stuff. But remember, I have a family of like. Well, they're not. They were smaller then. Now it's grown with grandkids, etc. There are probably twenty five to thirty people who come to holidays, and so. Um, when we were young, we'd still bring stuff, and then when I got married, we hosted, and we had a larger nice. had a larger house, um, and and Melinda was loved to cook and loved mm -hmm. parties, and she was a host. I am not a gourmet cook by any sense of that. I had to learn how to cook when mm -hmm. she was ill. For instance, I didn't know much. 
I, I learned a lot more because she helped. And I can cook now, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't do some of the stuff Brian does. Um, I'm just, I've just never learned how to do that. I don't mind learning it. That's not the problem. But so when we started, when Melinda was, was, was still alive, we, we had a house, um, and a condo, et cetera. And we hosted stuff all the time and I loved it. I enjoyed it. God, I remember hosting. So did she hosted as well when we were both sick with the flu on my birthday and I could barely walk. I mean, but, oh, we, no. but we still hosted because people wow. were coming. You know, what do you do? She said, I'll call them and cancel. I said, no, you won't. Actually, I said, no, you won't. Um, <laughs> and we did it. We got it done. Uh, after she passed and we moved to a smaller place, it's only like 1,100 square feet. It's much harder to get those 30 people into a, an apartment that's 1,100 square feet. So we don't do oh, it, as, it don't do it as much. Uh, but I still bring stuff because I learned a long time ago when you're growing up, you always bring something, whatever it might be. Yeah. Sometimes it was a pasta salad or, I don't know, rolls or chips or, or food, uh-huh. whatever food it was, you know, and we'd always bring something uh-huh. and leave it. And yeah. some, exactly. You know, so yeah. I, I loved holidays. I still love holidays because it's the family atmosphere. You know, we all love each other. We all love being together on holidays. So it's it's terrific for us. Yep. I don't have any so, issues about dealing with people and shotguns. That would scare the hell out of me. <laughs> it, it, it really did. would. <laughs> oh my! I don't know what I do. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm I'm curious, Larry. Did your being a blind person change the role you play in your um, not your married family life, but when you were the kid or uh, how your relatives interacted with you as a blind person at, on the holidays? No. Anything? No. Not I was very fortunate. Well, I, and the cool thing is there were two of him, too. Yeah, that's so. that's that true because yeah, that, that's very true. But but <laughs> interestingly hard. enough, we both have different personalities and mm-hmm. we both are, you know, that's one of the things that Melinda used to say to people who would say, oh, I know the twins. She said, they're individuals. Uh-huh. Come on, I married Larry. She, and they'd say, did you ever kiss the wrong one? And I said, she better not have. And she said, I know exactly who you are and who John is. I would never make that mistake. But, you know, you get comments like that. I believe that. You know, oh, did, yeah. you dress, did you dress the same? No. That's stereotypically the way twins necess- oh, yeah. are twe- treated. And so people Absolutely. ask those questions. They don't mean to be mean or spiteful. No. They just know what they've seen in past lives. And the, and twins used to be, they had the same la- first names or similar first names that started with the same letter. They dressed alike. And we didn't do that purposely. Our parents didn't want us to be like, because they wanted our personalities to be different. And they are. That's great. Yep. That is great. I... Um so I was blinded when I was 11 years old. So I have my thoughts of holidays before blindness and after blindness. Before blindness, um, not all that strong feeling, just a, a little boy at Christmas, I suppose, you know, just your average. Uh, got my first bicycle uh, the Christmas before I was blinded. So that was a bit awkward um, because I had to be careful because they were worried I was going to lose even more vision at the time of the accident. So they they protected me a lot. Um, and 
as a result at Christmas events, and understand I grew up in a family with four generations living within 50 miles of one another. So like you, Larry, it, it was a big event, Christmas. And you had to hold two Christmases, one for the family, so to speak, that would be uh, dad's side of the family, and another one for mom's side of the family, because we all couldn't fit in the space at the same time. Plus, everybody had in-laws they had to, had to deal with in the process. But inevitably, in the overcrowded space, they would direct me to sit by my great-grandmother, because I wasn't expected to do anything during the holiday, except uh, behave myself and uh, eat and drink a and soldier. Yeah. yeah, yep. Things brought to me never, never the other way around. Now that changed when I became. Well, I was the first and only one of my five siblings that moved out and never moved back again to the house. So I was viewed from that point forward as being independent but even so even so um i was also the only one who moved nearly as far as as i have from coast to coast and lived most of my adult life here in massachusetts so they when i'd go back to visit frequently on holidays um i'd have to retrain everybody that uh this wasn't a blind person walking into their midst and they can have all the uh, social expectations or lack of expectations. I'm, I'm the Brian who they get, uh, you know, find online as having been in uh, India last week or whatever. Things that should have taught them a different level of expectation when it comes to me. I remember I went back for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary and my siblings were throwing them a luau. My mother was very, very fond of all things Hawaiian. Mm -hmm. And my baby sister, as a matter of economics, decided they weren't going to have pineapple. Now, I have to tell you, to me, if it's a luau, it's got pineapple. Exactly. So I forced them to go buy a case of pineapples at my expense. And when they brought it to the house, I was the one responsible for cutting it up for it to be served. Mm -hmm. So now my family and my extended relatives and friends of my parents who were there for the celebration saw a blind guy wielding a knife, cutting up pineapples faster than any of them could have considered doing. Incidentally, my father was a producer, so he taught me how to deal with pineapples. Right. Um, but I became an exhibit you got to go see Brian's cutting pineapples. It's amazing. Yeah, I chew and, and uh, chew gum and walk at the same time, too. Yeah. But nonetheless, a constant state of re-educating relatives who don't live with you. Yep. They only have uh, a, an occasional memory of you, and you're still their blind cousin or their blind uh, nephew. or their, The word blind is in that definition. It is. Uh, and, you know, no getting around it. I love hosting people like you guys. I love having anybody who's going to be 
on holiday alone at my house as my guest because I appreciate them and I want them mm-hmm. to know that they're appreciated. Sometimes it's just one person, sometimes maybe three or four people, but it's almost always a blind person. Uh, and I don't know why that's true. Uh, I do have more blind friends than I have sighted friends uh, because of my involvement with ACB and the blindness community. But I don't think that's the only reason. Besides, we're such lovable people. Oh, we're lovable old parts. So I'm curious about our listeners. Can we ask mm-hmm. people to raise their hands if they'd like to tell us their experience around the holidays? Or raise issues that we haven't talked about. Oh, yes, absolutely. You Lots already have two hands raised. You have Melody. Hey, Melody. Melody, Melody you, can, you can unmute. Hello. This, this topic is very dear to my heart. I don't go around my family because of this. And the second one is so interconnected. I, I have a couple of issues that, that everyone's probably experienced I do find that I am in an exhibit because of my, my family is not aware of any additional condition. I have an extremely young appearance, which is why I'm working toward an EDS diagnosis. And I'm 37 and I sound a lot younger and my tics are awful and I'm shorter than average. And so when I used to go around my family, I didn't know before, but I didn't really care to. I didn't mean to. It was just Christmas parties, you know, anything. Fourth of July, it was, I would just be sitting there reading a braille book or playing with a note taker, trying to pass my time because it would be, I'd be left sitting, ignored. And then suddenly someone would come up, well, how you doing? Are you working? And they would only want to know what they asked. And then it was only, what can I get for you? What can I do for you? Oh, you can't get up and go say that high because you're going to fall. Well, now that's actually possible. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of that isolation, whereas my cousins would want to know and they would be kind of held back. And one of the issues that I want to raise is, when the babies want to come and say hi, they don't need three or four adults trying to force them to come up and learn and ask questions. What they need is maybe one who kind of knows Break both the of ice us, a and then they yep. get to do it themselves, and they get to, well, you need to be quiet. I mean, I have so many environmental identification issues that if I want to interact, I need to right, get back. Mm-hmm. So it's... That's one issue. And so the kids end up staying back more and it's not necessarily us. It's because of how we're responded to and they learn that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of anything additional going on. If I'm dissociated or if I can't hear a process, someone speaking to me, or if I don't know where someone is, I'm perceived as rude. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the speech center is just offline. So it's, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm sorry. I didn't know you spoke to me. So I do find that hosting, and I can't really do it where I am, it is easier to host other people with different disabilities, not necessarily just blind, because I'm given patience and they'll want to help, but I find that their assistance is more fruitful. Hindrance and help, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of, it's isolating because I'm solitary confinement. I just choose not to, to mess with anymore. So do you do you look forward to holidays or do you wish they'd go away? I'm sorry. I look forward to maybe what the chapter is doing for holidays uh-huh. and what yep. you know the get togethers there or what the community is doing. And I end up missing because I'm helping my mom make fondue or doing something. But I, I would just assume I look forward to the sensory aspect, not the loudness, because my ch- 
childhood is and still adulthood is comparable to yours, Paul. But it's yeah. I like to, to just sit there and feel the tree or feel the ornaments or smell the pine huh? or you know, listen to the music. I just soon do that and sit with some members of the community and go around my relatives. And I'm my mom will get and she's so such a contributor because kind of if I make something, it's oh, yeah. you know, mail buttered the bread and she and that that tone and how I'm spoken of and then oh. people ask her, where is she? And it's not up to her. It's people think that we're together all the time. We're not. We just are, you know, and that makes it tough for both of us. And I know it does. <laughs> I think it does. So yep. how about, um, I, I guess, I guess my, my other question is in, in terms of the, the, the way that you operate with holidays, um, do you tend to um, to actually get more involved in some of the stuff that's online that ACB does? I know. Well, the community thons, yes, I donate quite a bit, um, and that it's hard for me because normally there's there are people picking around during the holidays, and I, I can't get a lot done where I am. Um, and it's distracting because no one, a lot of our families, and they don't, they don't know what community is doing. They've not seen my forum articles or my advocacy. You know, it, it's, it's, I have to right. become a chameleon and have to kind of play the part when I'm around them. So I don't find that I would as much as if I were sprung from the trap. And I think I definitely would more. Right. But there right. are local events that the chapter will do, and I will do everything I can to get down and go out to eat. Excellent. I'm not doing a lot of it. So, yeah. That's excellent. Mr. Brian, you were going to say? Just, you know, um, there are certainly holidays bring up some negative experiences. No question about it. Can you name one positive experience, a memory that you have of the holidays, Melanie? Um, quite a few with my cousin, who's now the registered nurse. Um, we would protect each other and kind of snoop around she was like my sister so we would find the christmas gifts before you know we nice. were supposed to and she would help me identify where things were help me pick my candy and eggs up during easter we we're such a collaboration and now we're separated because we grew up and really don't know who each other are is as adults and kind of had that what our families gave us about who each other is and now oh. it's kind of we can't get together that often so that's a that's pleasant memory with her, it is. right? Yes. That, yes. And, you know, and, and the holiday season, I find myself making a real point of trying to pull out, you know, I can certainly tell, you know, when you've been through that many Christmases, there are going to be bad moments, whether you're blind or sighted. It may, that's not what makes those things so horrible one way or the other. Um, the year my father gifted my mother a microwave oven, you know, when you mentioned that, he, he thought he was buying her the best of gifts and had to drag it in because those old ones were heavy as all get out. And they were. drug it into the room and she said, oh, Jerry, take it back. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. It was just heartbreaking <laughs> to me as a child that my mother would <laughs> do that to my dad, you know? Uh, but there are many, many more positive ones and that's what I choose to focus on generally. I acknowledge the negatives, but if I've got five minutes to think about something, I'm going to be thinking about the positive ones, especially during the holidays. Melanie, thank you for sharing your stories with us. We really do appreciate you being a regular on, on the 
Tuesday topic circuit and uh, hope that you will continue to do so. We have Jane. So, Jane, oh, you're on board. Yes. So are you hearing me? Yes. We are. Yes. Oh, okay. And I'll watch what I say. I'll make it family <laughs> friendly. No. I, uh, I, I truly love um, Thanksgiving and I enjoy Christmas. I love Advent. I love the candles and lighting one each week and understanding the history of the meaning of it. Um, for me, the holiday time is really a time when I reach out to people and I've lived in enough different places to where there are a lot of people to reach out to if I so choose. Probably the biggest challenge to me has been to learn to let go of some where there isn't a mutual reaching out. You know, oh, we had such good times back when. Well, do we want to have some now by phone or whatever we do? So um, I'm finding more and more as I get older that the holiday time for me is a time of sorting and sifting and really acknowledging those that I treasure. Um, and so here we are in Texas and there ain't no snow for Christmas. Yep. When I was a little girl, my twin sister, and which one of you is a twin? Was it Larry? Larry, yeah. Larry. I still am. Well, <laughs> I got it. My twin sister and I, um, like you, we she's Mary Lee and I'm Jane. Okay, so we didn't get Joan and Judy. No, good. good, 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 oh, good. Well, and we yeah. never dressed alike because... In short, wherever she's a full-bodied, I ain't. And wherever I'm full-bodied, she isn't. <laughs> so we laugh about it. We say we really were a split to make a twin. But we're not identical twins. We're right. Well, her real, name was supposed to be, her real name was supposed to be Dick. Yeah, right. Dick <laughs> Dick. Yeah. Except then she'd have had to do a sex change. Yeah. <laughs> well, never mind. Okay. Anyway, um, but so we went Christmas caroling, and that was one of the first ways that my mom taught us to reach out in our own way. And we had jingle bells, and we went from house to house around us. And that was, I, I just treasure that memory as how to do it at Christmas. Um, so I just encourage people to do whatever you can. Now, we live in a situation now which is very new to us you know we're we're back in texas but we're in a neighborhood that is very different people around here don't go beep beep when they drive by you know, i don't even i don't know if they wave they haven't hit us yet hit me yet <laughs> but, um you know it's different reaching out in every neighborhood it just really is so and i i think neighborhoods actually change a lot too um yes they do you know i don't think i i, I don't think neighborhoods are the same as they were maybe mm -mm. 20 or 30 years ago no i agree yeah well anyway if you have a question you, i'll answer it yeah you are uh, an active churchgoer correct i am i'm i'm yes to answer okay you. and as a result when we talk about communities, there's the community, i.e. the neighborhood you live in. There's the community of people that you identify with. Uh, as we were talking a moment ago, that ACB chapter or whatever, 
that mm-hmm. you're involved in the blindness mm-hmm. community, but you're also a member of a church community. Do you find uh, fellow church members um, dealing with you differently than you think they deal with other members of the congregation? It depends. It depends on where you are and what church you're in. And uh, where we went to church in New Braunfels, Texas, was probably one of the most affirming churches I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And the pastor's motto was, if you want to do it, let's make it happen. And so uh, there were several ministry options that I wanted to accomplish. And he said, what do you want to do? Here are some suggestions. Go do it. And that opened up a tremendous sense of compatibility across that whole community of believers, both within the walls of that church and in that community. Now here, I'm just beginning to find uh, a church that I can be content to uh, to be a part of, and I've had a hard time letting go of the church where we used to go. So nothing, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's as good as that, and so I've had to make a strong intention to disconnect from those activities so that. I was free to establish myself here. So I don't really have an answer. Um, Initially, yes. When I come into church here, just because I am still viewed as someone who's very new, I go find my spot and people may or may not say hello to me as they walk by. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that can happen, but I know that can change. I just have to grab them and say, don't move. For five exactly. minutes. Exactly. You know, because the holidays are uh, a religious, religiously um, started at least. And yeah. for a lot of people, if it's a primary reason for, quote, the holidays, right? Um, yeah. That's an important part of people's feelings about this time of year. Mm-hmm. I uh, was an active member of a church when I was in high school and Mm -hmm. early days of college but haven't been since i moved out here to massachusetts Uh, and when i was an active member of the church um and we we've had the discussions about some of that here on tuesday topics Mm -hmm. you know blind people in in uh religious writings the bible etc etc are <laughs> looked upon as uh, getting their comeuppance for something they've done yeah. wrong or whatever. The, yeah. the, or only, the only good blind person is a healed yeah. one. Is it? Well, there's that. <laughs> but but there's also this idea that we're somehow semi-mystical by yeah. our very nature. Uh, well, I'll God be the mystical part. Us. Yeah. That's, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Huh? But Just, I remember when I, in, in the church I went to, young people... Um, mm assisted in doing the sacrament mm-hmm. and when i first did the prayer for the sacrament the uh, the head practitioner at the church uh was all teary-eyed that i had actually memorized a three-line prayer oh, yeah because i was blind so uh, it just so saddens that me. the place part in it you know right yeah but it saddens me that our culture has made vision so predominantly 
the measure and the marker of all things successful. It's just, you know, and when I think about, when I think about being blind and all of my voices, like the voice of my age or the voice of my color or the voice of my education or the voice of my emotive self or spiritual self or, or physical get up and get moving self, you know, these all are part of who I am and they all get equal time at the table. And sometimes there's a big fight. You know, my walking self says, let's go for a walk. And my caregiving self says, no, I need to be here for Tom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the wrestling match is on, you know. And I think maybe that's more true for people who cannot see. Because we have more voices to pay attention to. Now, that is just my opinion at the moment. Mm -hmm. I I I think it could be true. Yep. Yeah. Miss Jean, thank you so much. Your thoughtfulness is and really, bless, really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I well, always bless enjoy you hearing as from you, you as you include others in your in your um, in your home, Paul. This Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, this holiday season, right? And as you reach out to others and just be any of you and me too, as we befriend them where they are, you know. We've got a couple of families in this neighborhood that that are distinctly um, different than the Texas neighborhood <laughs> kitten caboodle, and I love it. I do love it. Anyway, well, that's I'll, be quiet. I'll be quiet. Thank you. Are you good? Yeah. Later, later. I hope so. Yes. And Marianne. Anybody else? Rick, yeah, we have a few. Rick Toyano. Hey, Rick. Rick is, Rick is my friend from the West Palm area. You are very unmuted. active in AAVL. Hey, Rick. He is unmuted. There you are. Yep, now there you are. Okay. Okay. Um, Dinner. For me, um, holidays and things, you talked about present and past. Well, past holidays were significantly different because my sister was alive. Mm-hmm. So past holidays that I remember, we would be doing um, the tree. And there was always an argument because my sister did the garland up and down. And my parents did the garland around the tree. And there was always <laughs> that, you know, push and pull. Do we do it up and down or do we do it around the around the tree? Um holidays today are are different. The family is is a lot smaller. Um, my sister's obviously gone, and I miss her terribly. But um, I'm married now, so Sandy um, is is part of my holiday, and we have started a couple of traditions that I kind of like. 
um, sometime during the Christmas season, we go to Red Lobster. Nice. And we have um, a Red Lobster dinner. Mm-hmm. Also, um, something that her her family started her her um her father and mother they got her every year um apricot brandy nice and when they passed away her sons kind of took it over and now that we're married it's kind of my job i get her every year apricot brandy at some point so it's kind of traditions um, that we carried on. Um, as far as my family goes, my family's gotten a lot smaller and a lot more separated. So we don't have those traditions anymore. Yep. Um, you know, <clears throat> we used to. Um, Christmas Eve and Christmas day we'll go to my parents house my parents are in their 90s and and my dad dealing with alzheimer's and my mother's dealing with him so it's quite different than it was <laughs> yeah, i bet that's right yeah i bet that's right so um but i but i think i i, I think since you and sandy have been together um i've I, I've noticed how many more things um, you and she have gotten involved in, you know, so I, I think Sandy's been really good for you, sir. Yes. Yes, she has. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's excellent. Well, please give Sandy our best, if you would. I will. Sandy um, looks after the AAVL website. Um, Brian, I don't know if you knew that. But, I'm, uh, going to, I'm going to have to start participating in AAVL. Yeah. Yeah. All those letters. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you get married, you bring together two households, two you do, and family two sets traditions, of traditions. Yep. Uh, and you somehow or other have to meld those together. And mm-hmm. with five siblings, we ended up having uh, to deal with the give and take necessary. My mother was always annoyed at anybody, any of her kids that agreed to go to the in-laws on the day that she planned on having them <laughs> at her house. I bet. Uh, so that, that's, I'm sure, not a just a Charleston experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the joys of, of second husbands, third wives, whatever, to mm-hmm. throw into the mix because you're supposed to love them until they don't, or until they divorce, and then somehow you've got to... And then they that in the mix of then, things, and and then they become terrible people. So, yeah, somehow or other, vilification happens yeah. as part of that. Uh, anyway, thank you for for calling in. Who else do we have out there, Marianne? We have Pam. Hello, Pam. Hello. Yes. Hey, Pam, she is. I I could write a book on this topic, but I'm not a trained writer, so. <laughs> uh, but for me, it's really holidays now, holidays recent past, holidays distant past. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a a young child, oh, I was just 
over the top excited when it would get close to Christmas and we would get together with all the uncles and aunts and cousins and grandparents and the whole shebang. And it was just one big fun get together. And we did a lot of crazy things, of course, but, um, but it was just a lot of fun. But as I got older, like maybe late teens, uh, things changed a little bit, especially when I got to be college age, because they no longer, I mean, they knew they being the uh, uh, common lot of the majority of the relatives, they Uh knew that chronologically I was not (coughs) a child, well, no longer a child. But they somehow did not want to treat me as an adult. So we mm-hmm. would show up at the family reunion and they would, I think they worked it out deliberately so that there was not a space for me at the quote, grown ups table, unquote. Oh, I got dear. to sit at the kids' table. And I mean, we're talking little kids. And they're spilling the food all over the table. They're spilling the food all over me. They're spilling the food all over the floor. Uh, And I didn't, it it was hard to identify with them because we were almost a different generation. Mm -hmm. And the older I got, the harder it got because Mm -hmm. no one really wanted to think of me as a competent adult. And I would offer to bring something to the reunion and they they get together. Oh, just bring a a thing of rolls. No, I mean Mm -hmm. the kind you buy at the grocery store, not the home, Mm -hmm. the homemade kind. And so, you know, it got harder and harder. And of course now they're all gone. Uh, Most of the relatives are gone. There's only one left. One, my mother Mm -hmm. has one brother that's still, he and his wife are still living. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's it. And mom was one of ten, one of ten wow. children. Yeah. Now you'd think I'd have a ton of first cousins, but no, I don't have that many. And we're so scattered now, and no one in my generation and younger gets together at Christmas. So I have first cousins I hardly know, and I have their children of first cousins that I've never seen. And spouses yeah. of first cousins I've never seen. So it's just, it's very, very difficult now. As far as hosting, I do not, I'll just confess, I don't like to cook. I don't like to entertain. My idea of mm-hmm. entertaining is let's go to Red Lobster and have dinner, or let's mm-hmm. go to Cracker Barrel and have turkey mm-hmm. dressing or whatever. I do not like to entertain. I do not like to cook. I live in a, a in an apartment. I don't have room to host a big mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, I just I just don't do it. And and even my step family, my after well, it's complicated. But my dad remarried. We'll put it that way. He remarried, mm-hmm. and um, has there are three uh, stepchildren, and mm-hmm. they they used to all get together. At, Christmas. Well, two of them moved away. And the one that lives here remarried. Uh, my stepsister remarried and they go out of town at Christmas. So now I don't even get to see them at Christmas. And uh, so last so, Christmas, 
for the it was the very first Christmas day in my entire life that I was at home alone by myself the whole day. And even though I'm an introvert, I really like to be with people at on Christmas. Yep. And yes, I'm also very active in my church. And if it weren't for the church, uh, my my church family, that would make things even harder. Uh, I, bet. So, I bet that's right. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely a Christmas distant past, a Christmas recent or holidays recent past, and holidays now. And I have no idea what Christmas Day this year is going to be like, except thank goodness it falls on a Sunday. I'll be at church that morning. I don't know what the rest of the day will be like yet. Oh, um, see, I but, I spend a lot of um, Christmases like you um, mm-hmm. alone in in Miami yeah. when I when I lived there on my own. I oh. I would often get invitations to go somewhere for dinner, and 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 my kids would would always invite me to come up, but I. But I often didn't, and I'm not sure exactly why that is. I think it may have had something to do with the Christmases I remember from from my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure. But, but, Ooh. but I, that's I one, didn't, thank goodness, we we didn't have shotguns and. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I yeah. I um I think though that well let me ask you because let me not assume. Now, so mm-hmm. so last year was the first year that you spent Christmas Day alone, and 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 you did feel pretty lonesome. Yeah, I mean, I got through it. Uh, you know, I I listened to Christmas music, but that kind of made it harder in a way uh-huh. because, well, you know, the at least the secular songs and the religious songs that's another matter, but the mm-hmm. secular songs, which you you know you're going to hear in the middle of the others of the the hymns and the carols and all that you're going to hear all those family-oriented songs Mm -hmm. like you know i'll be home for christmas or whatever Mm -hmm. and you're there and you're you're so used to spending christmas with someone either your biological family Mm -hmm. or your step family or friends or whatever and all of a sudden you're just in your little apartment, alone, everyone else in my building was either out of town. I mean, there was no one else mm-hmm. around. I mean, it was like, yeah. Um, now, did you tune into any of the, the ACB community stuff? Yes, I did. Yep. Excellent. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, and I probably and, will this year. And was that helpful? Yes, I found it. I did find it helpful. Um, I'm I'm glad to hear that. That yes, again, um, this whole concept of community. You know, yes. like I say, you know, there's a family community, the church community, the neighborhood yeah. community, and I hope there's an ACB community out absolutely. there, uh, absolutely, that supports one another uh, through that whole yeah. business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I I so much look forward to a couple of. Uh, chapter activities we do here. We just had a guide dog users uh, Christmas party. It's just you know oh, pizza wow. and uh, ring ring an appetizer and that kind of stuff. But instead of a 
you know what I mean by Yankee swap. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a number and first person picks up the present from the table and oh, they open yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We call it, in, in this area, we call it Dirty Santa. There you go. <laughs> and anyway, so we did it, but it was all gifts to the guide dogs. Oh, sweet. So, <laughs> so it made it really, really fun uh, because, you know, the humans are are uh, avarice about certain things, with, but they had to temper that with what their dog could handle. It was nice oh, of yeah, you to give a, a guide dog an echo, Brian. That was nice of you, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, and uh, we're having our Charles River chapter party here uh, on the 18th. And again, mm-hmm. Yankee Swap, but also gives our, our members a chance not only to socialize, but to benefit the community at large. So we do a canned food drive as part of that. And that goes to oh, the fine. local food bank. So, yeah. you know, it reminds you that, you know, there's more in the giving than the getting that matters this time of year. Well, my chapter is having a, a, a Christmas party, the first event of any sort in person that our chapter has had since nice. the pandemic hit. So you're talking close to three years. We have new people in our chapter that I've never seen in person. Mm-hmm. There you go. It is uh, great to be able to get back together again, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, it really is. So, so that's, and that's, this. actually, it's this Saturday. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Although it's going to be hard because we, we have one member who uh, has cancer and oh, will not be fun. able to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, go, the more but, people I know <laughs> that are struggling in, the, in that right. fashion. Um, oh, yeah. So we have 27 people, Paul, on the call wow. tonight. So we better That's let exciting. some other people talk than you and me. Yeah, I oh, think we ought to. Yeah. Thanks. This well, is thank a great you for, topic. For calling yep. in, we really do appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Pam. You're welcome, Miss Marianne. Area code nine one two. Good morning. Good uh, Good evening, everybody. Um, I really miss with? going to uh, uh, Cindy Calhoun. I'm in. I'm originally from Savannah, but I'm in Homewood, Alabama, a suburb of Birmingham. Hey, I'm Ms. on a lot of the morning calls, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Well, we're glad um, you're here on this one. Thank you. Um, I really miss going to my cousin's house. She lives about an hour away um, since I moved here, and I miss that. Um, I, miss, I, I long for the Christmas in the past when the people that I truly loved were here. Um, mm-hmm. And then my brothers remarried, and their wives, I don't like them, but I tolerate them. You know, there's <laughs> two sister-in-laws, and they don't, and there's the ball, I'm not allowed to hold the babies, and when I was, you know, the other Christmas with the with the first in laws, they were very nice to me, mm-hmm. and they they um my brothers and their wives get pr- pleasure out of out of putting me down. So oh, I'm sorry to hear them, that. You know, boring bugging me about getting a job and and they I've never been allowed to be myself in the world. They always, they want the image of Cindy Calhoun. I'm not just talking about family. I'm talking about people in general. They don't want yeah. the person of Cindy Calhoun. They want the image, and that's not what. Nope. That's not what how to treat somebody. It is not. And then, um, and then one one Thanksgiving. This is about Thanksgiving. 
My sister-in-law asked me, one of them asked me what I was present for, and I told her my friends because I have to work at it. And sighted people just take mm -hmm. friendship for granted. They don't realize, and I have to, just like with Pam, you know, we go out every week, but I just don't just, you know, just take it for granted. Right. I'll have to work at being friendly with Pam because I'll do anything mm -hmm. to help her. I like to get mm -hmm. her coffee because she treats me to lunch every week. Nice. And, um, so, um, any, anyway, um, I love, I like being with, with special people that love you no matter what, you know, they, they look beyond your faults and my teachers, family, they've always wanted perfection down to me and not imperfection, even my own mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, my mother thought the sun rose, rose and set with her, with her son from the first marriage. Cause he's a mm -hmm. doctor in town and he was always smart and he went to public school and when everybody would mention his name my ego would go right out the window mm -hmm. you know and no, it wasn't that. his fault you know and yep. um and then um you know and i just um i want to be i want to be with even if i have to be alone it's better than being with people that you know they they don't they don't like you because you you don't have a job or you're not losing weight fast enough or you're not yep. doing this or they don't, they don't appreciate that. And, and I just, I told my brother one time, I said, I wish one time he would just say, I'm proud of having you for a sister, but they expect me to swim, quote, swim the English channel, make A's, be perfect, <laughs> clown Mount Everest. I mean, I'm being, they're not all mean, but yeah, I have a cousin that's a true Christian and she likes me for what I am. Mm -hmm. And not well, for what she, her fantasy of me. When you get I'm to curious. the top of the Mark Everest, give it Mount yeah. Everest, give us a call. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I will. I, I want to know. Like, do you I like have, being with. Do you have a yeah. memory huh? that is? Do you have a memory? That's what, up? that's what I'm talking about. The right. being with people that are no longer here that really treasured me. Uh huh. Yeah, I and think they were. That was the main. That was the main. The main right. memory, and like my first two sister-in-laws, you know, I was allowed to hold nice. the babies and, and nice. then they, it's, you know, that, 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 was the whole, a, that was the memory. The whole holding huh? babies thing. Mm -hmm. That's, that's another yeah. thing that, you know, people are afraid that a blind person is not competent to hold a, a baby in their arms. You know, you know when literally... I, when I was, when I was a kid, it, 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 they, 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 it, it was, it was all right when I was a kid, but when I became an adult. And my sister-in-law accused me of walking around. I said, I didn't walk around with the baby. And my mother would never back me up. We used to argue about it. And then another <laughs> thing, and I want to be very honest with you. People can't understand how uncomfortable I am around older children. When they get toddlers mm -hmm. and three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Because I, I, I have a mentally challenged brother that's a seven-year-old mentality. Uh -huh. and, mm -hmm. um, yep. and I was bullied by kids as a kid. Well, and then when well. I'd ask them, could you please not make so much noise? Like when they'd come over to visit or they'd uh -huh. bang on the piano, my mother would just get all, all mad at me because she wants to be the perfect grandmother. And, you know, mm -hmm. and I have an aunt that, you know, when you come to my house, you're going to not bother my things. You're going to behave or you're not welcome back. I had mm -hmm. an aunt like that. And I could see her point and everybody else yep. hated her for it. Mm -hmm. My mother said, you want them to love you? I said, no, I want respect. I don't care if they love me or not. And they yep. would, I, I'd get on to my niece and nephew about bothering my records, my braille, my brailler, 
you uh-huh. know, the stereo. And one time, um, one time my nephew, he was about a year, I was playing the piano one day and he kept banging and I popped his hand because uh-huh. I got tired of telling them stop. Uh-huh. And my uh-huh. mother just went through the roof. I just kind of went like that, you know, yep. no, 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 I'm here first. Mm-hmm. You know, because exactly. I wanted, to, you know, and I wanted, wanted to let, and it wasn't abuse. No, I think you I, didn't was, I was there first. I just never understood, you know, why people are so, so tolerant of children and they let them tear things up. And children just drive me. I know I, I make it make <laughs> make an enemy, but children just drive me up the wall. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, well, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate you. it. We really do. Thank you. All right. Call us back next time. We have Natalie Couch. Natalie Couch. Now there's hey, a Ms. name Natalie. for you. Hello. That is a name. <laughs> hey, Natalie. <laughs> hey. Um, so I guess, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I guess we're talking about like holiday traditions and memories and stuff. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. Good, and, bad, and, and how, yep. and, okay. and how your vision played a part in that if you have a story associated with that. Um, I really don't have a story associated with that, but, um, actually my holidays have gotten quite different as I've gotten older because, um, when I was younger, like someone else had said, you know, I would get all excited about, um, the huge family gatherings. Cause my grandfather had, well, has, um, 14 grandchildren. So now when we all get together with all of our spouses and whatever, there's like, 60 and that's just my you know my like my dad and his brothers and sisters and stuff because he has five brothers and sisters so you know it's a huge family gathering um Mm -hmm. so those used to be fun (laughs) but the older i've gotten um i don't know now i just kind of find them chaotic and Mm -hmm. um i have found that i actually like um COVID made me learn that actually spending Christmas at home in Louisville with my husband without Mm -hmm. anyone else was kind of nice and peaceful because we could, you know, eat what we want and do what we wanted. And And, and when you wanted. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, and as for hosting, um, I would much rather host than go to someone else's house because Mm -hmm. when I'm here, um, well, now everybody says in Louisville that our house is like the party house because um, <laughs> so <laughs> we have a condo and it's very small, but we managed to fit at what one year we had like 27 people in here for a New Year's Eve party. So it was oh, it nice. Was, it was pretty complicated, but it, it worked. Um, but I would much rather host just because I know exactly where, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm totally blind. So I know exactly where stuff is right. and. Um, you know, you don't have to try to figure it out. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I bought yeah. a house that has a swimming pool in the backyard, so I mm-hmm. know I do not feel at all obligated to go sit in the sun on a picnic table in somebody's backyard and try to be nice all afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. love coming to my house because I got a pool. So yeah, yeah, there's never a question where the get together happens. No. And and New Year's Eve. I mean, like our friends here in Louisville just all tell us that it's, it's not a question of, you know, are we having an, are we having New Year's Eve party? It's, it's more, you know, you will have it type thing. Now it's just kind of, 
expected. Yep. So, <laughs> and and, exactly. and what are we going to bring this time? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. There you so. go. There you go. That's great. Yep. <laughs> uh, do you have family tradition in your house? Um. Even though it's just the two of you. Normally, and I guess we. Um. So the last couple of years, like for Christmas, we have actually done like uber eats like the like on christmas eve and then we will like reheat christmas dinner because one of my favorite foods and nobody ever makes it at christmas but my favorite food is probably steak um nice so i always used to say you know i used to ask my mother all the time why do we have to have you know like ham and turkey because i'm not i eat those things but they're not you know like my favorite or whatever but Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i'm always like why can't we do stuff like steak so um, so in 2020 and in 21, um, you know, I had steak for Christmas. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that we stay here this year and, um, we can continue that tradition. And, um, for the last couple of years, Joey and I had people over Christmas Eve. Um, so that was nice. Um, you know, we had mm-hmm. some of our closer friends in Louisville over <laughs> and, um, so hopefully we will continue that and, um that's great yeah so that's wonderful well have a wonderful holiday huh thank you (laughs) yep you betcha and give our best to joey okay all right yep excellent thank you miss natalie Mm -hmm. we have deborah kendrick there's the ohio christmas Hey, Ohio Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be an Ohio Christmas, the first in many years for me, actually. Nice. To have, well, no, that's not true. I was here during the pandemic. Two years ago, I was here, and it was very tiny. So um, I think I'm going to be sort of a little bit of an outlier here in that um, I, first and foremost, I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. And I've been totally blind since I was five, but I don't care. I love the lights. I can't see them, but I love knowing they're there. I love the lights and the music and, and, and the toys and Santa Claus and, and the good spirit and like going to all the, all the decorations around town. And again, I don't care if I can't see them. Somebody will tell me some of the highlights, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I just love, 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 love Christmas. And where I think I'm a little bit of a, a, a different from the rest of folks here is that um, I've sort of created my own my own Christmas, my own traditions. Like you, Paul, you know, I didn't grow up in the greatest of families. <laughs> um, yep. And so, you know, things weren't so hot back then. But um, when I was 18, I was estranged from my family uh, at Christmas time, and it was uh, my sophomore year of college. And a wonderful thing happened. Three different friends invited me because, you know, you have a long break in college. Mm -hmm. So I went home with my roommate for Christmas, actual Christmas itself. And then I went to my friend Christine's farm after Christmas, and then I went back to Toledo, where I'm from, to be for a few days with Marilyn. And what I, it was so cool being in all those different households. Well, first of all, Nancy's is where I was on actual Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. 
I had never gotten a Christmas stocking in my life. I didn't. I mean, so I was thrilled. I got a stocking and there oh. was stuff in it. And mm -hmm. they got me a Braille Bible. Now, I wasn't a particularly religious person, but nobody had ever given me anything Braille in my whole life. I'd never right. owned anything Braille except for a couple magazines. We were just starting to get magazines then. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was really thrilling. Well, anyway, so then I think... It wasn't a conscious decision, but listening to everybody and thinking back, I think I must have just decided, you know, you choose the life, you know, you choose the life you want to have, you choose the mm -hmm. traditions you're going to have. And um, a few years later, well, four or five, maybe years later, I married into a very loving family and a very Catholic family. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, got really involved in the church. I didn't, didn't right away, but first of all, being in that family, I knew like the really pretty side of Christmas because they really decorated and mm -hmm. the mom was such a good cook and such a hostess and everything was beautiful and it was just so cool. Well, anyway, so, so then, so I kind of, that's the pattern I was going to follow. And I think you know, everybody's been talking about these extended families and how miserable. And I think, holy smoke, I haven't seen any of my extended family for 40 years. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling, I have no idea. I, I've kind of, you know, been wistful as I get older and think, oh, it'd be nice to see all those folks. Maybe not. Maybe they treat me the same way some of these folks have been talking because I haven't had, for me, so the family I married into they knew whatever me I presented to them. So I right. was always very much a participant. And then I got married and we moved away. We didn't have any family there. We had children and we created mm -hmm. our own traditions. And um, so, uh, you know, I was the star of that show because I was the mom who made everything happen. And, and I think... Um, you know, I mean, some of it is just picking and choosing what you're going to right. remember. I mean, for example, okay, my my growing up years weren't so hot. I never had a bicycle. And my mom, when I asked for a bicycle, she laughed and she said a blind kid couldn't ride a bike. And so I never had a bicycle. And when I, the first Christmas after I got married, um my family that I married into, they were all just really awesome. And uh, they had a present for us that they rolled in at the very last minute. And it was a tandem bicycle. Nice. And, yeah. And uh, even now when I talk about it, I get pretty emotional because it was like, and I, I remember thinking, you know, well, now I really know there is a Santa, you know, this is so yep. cool. But, um, but, you know, even, you know, like people have talked about, well, I, I guess another road that I could go down here is, you know, getting married and having children. I decided Mom. to get involved in the church mm -hmm. and I did that shtick for 20 years. Now, the good news is I did some really fun stuff with church was very involved, made a lot of things happen, was very much a participant and very much accepted until I got divorced. Then I got the boot. I didn't really yeah. get the boot, but nobody was my friend anymore. So I haven't been yeah. in a church in a long time. But 
as my children have grown and now they have children, there were a couple years there where I wasn't sure where do I fit in, you know, like they're kind of running the show and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and that's where I come back to this thing. I think you choose your people, you choose your traditions, whether they're family or not family, but you, you, I guess, you know, it's kind of the theme of everything I talk about, but I think you just really need to take charge of you. And, and so, you know, there were, there was one year where I decided not to be part of my children. I, it was 10 years ago and I Mm -hmm. went with a friend, a blind friend to New York and we did New York for a week. We were Mm -hmm. alone for Christmas and it was okay. It was a cool experience. I'll never forget it. We did a lot of really fun stuff, but it also made me realize I need to choose to be with what family I have. And um, so this year is really exciting because except for that one year, I have been with my kids and their kids for all 11 years that there have been kids. The oldest grandchild mm-hmm. is 11. Um but for the first time this year, the, all those Christmases have been in Florida, and mm-hmm. they are all coming to Ohio. So it'll be the Florida kids' first Ohio Christmas. Nice. And the reason is my youngest daughter is up here, and she's having a baby January 13th, so she can't travel. So we decided let's everybody come here. So I'm pretty – I mean, I was talking to my older daughter about it today, like – that we got to figure out how Santa Claus is going to like drop all the goods at my house and how we're going to work that all out. And, but I'm really excited. And I got, I got cookie dough started on the counter and I just, you know, not everybody has to, has to, to, to love it. I get that. But, you know, I think the best the best thing about Christmas, you know, the whole commercial stuff is wild and crazy and my family does get kind of carried away with it. But for whatever reason, there's an awful lot of joyful people around and that's that's what I take away from it. Yep. That's what I love. So, uh, you know, I, I may have given the impression that Christmas was never fun for me. It was great fun when my kids were growing up, um, you know, putting together putting together Christmas for kids is mm-hmm. is an experience that none of us will forget. Um, and 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 trying to put crap together at five o'clock and five thirty in the morning before <laughs> the kids wake up. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and forgetting the batteries. Oh and, yes. And, Not and, good. <laughs> and we celebrated Saint Nicholas Day as well, which is today. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my daughter for just a minute today, and she said, "Well." I really, I really screwed up. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, I pulled off the whole St. Nick thing. I thought I was really cool. And on the front of some toy or other, she said, I left a sticker that said 20% off at Target. (laughs) 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 She's dyslexic. And I thought, well, how many times do you think as a blind mom, I didn't mess up like that? (laughs) You know, because she said that. Her nine-year-old picked right up on it and was like rolling her eyes and, okay, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's okay. It happens. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yeah I, I think I just, I, anybody here who can 
invite somebody else to be with you if you know people who are alone. I love hearing Brian talk about that. And um, we, when I was married, we, we did that at Thanksgiving a lot, maybe more than Christmas. We would mm-hmm. invite people. But I just, it's so important. And, you know, the old cornball saying, it's a cornball saying because there's so much truth in it. You, when you give, you get more than you give. And that is so true when you invite people into your home who, who might be alone. You know, you, it, it winds up being very rewarding for the person hosting. So, so earlier, Brian was talking about the, the, the fact that his chapter was doing a can drive. And, and Brian and I had talked some in the past about what happens when, um, when a blind person goes walking up to the place where you donate can drives um, and, and the reaction of the folks who are there. So, so Brian, why don't you talk a bit about that? Let's see if Debbie has a reaction. So uh, like I say, our chapter does this canned food drive each year, not during the pandemic since we weren't getting together, do my donating in a different way. But anyway, so my family is always the one that has the car so we gather up the goods put them in the back of the van on party night and then the next day we drive to whatever uh collection place there is for donating uh at that time of year so the family kitchen or or church kitchen or whatever so i go over there and i've got this uh car backed up to where we were supposed to offload and I went up and knocked on the door because it was locked. And a guy came and opened the door and said, oh, we're not handing out things until tomorrow. <laughs> now, all they knew about me is I was a blind guy standing there with a the cane. Right, right, right. But I was assumed yeah. to be a, a, a person who was in need rather than a person who was there to give. Right. Uh, and I said, no, 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 no. I'm here to give a donation to the food pantry from the members of my local blind club. You know, uh, when people talk about bucket lists, a lot of people, unfulfilled wishes are grand and glorious things. For me, there are some very simple things that I've never done that I would love to do. And you just brought one up, Brian, because I have worked in homeless shelters and free um, food banks but behind the scenes, loading boxes, loading bags. But I have never been there to serve a meal. And I've thought about it so many times Mm -hmm. and I haven't done it because I don't have the chutzpah because I think I'll get in the way. I'll be embarrassed. People will tell me not to touch, you know, whatever. So if, if anybody here has done that, I would love to hear about it because that's, it's something I, I know would be so gratifying to just just do that. And and there there are a bunch of friends I have, and and none of them that that I have are are blind friends who make that a part of their Christmas Day every year. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I have a couple of Jewish friends who have who make it part of their Christmas. Yep. And they're That's the excellent. ones I asked them if I could help, and they got me pulled into. Going food pantry, counting mm-hmm. cans, loading boxes, and that you know that's satisfying too. You know it's important, and people are going to come get this food. 
but I'd like to be in the kitchen cooking it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm with you there. You know, my I joined the local Lions Club here uh, because, quite honestly, I was frustrated at hearing uh, that Lions were all about helping uh, those who've lost their sight. And I saw all the money going to eye research, which is kind of like uh, money to prevent blindness rather than to right. help those who are, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so the Lions Club did uh, a cookout for uh, those in a local uh, adult daycare kind of center. And all they wanted from me was to greet people. That was my job, greeting, because they didn't okay. trust me around the barbecue <laughs> or yeah, yeah. serving anything, right? And yeah. then we did an ice cream one for um, a homeless shelter. And all they wanted to have me do is to find ice cream places that would donate. But don't get me anywhere close to a to an ice cream scoop, you know. So it, it is it is a little frustrating. Uh -huh. You don't want to be part of the problem that uh, for the group doing it, but at the same time, come on, yeah, I'd like to get my hands dirty. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's the problem. They don't want your hands to get dirty because then ew. <laughs> <laughs> He touched the food. Ew. <laughs> Miss Deborah, thank you so much for your call. Well, appreciate you. it. Thank you. Yep. And have a good we holiday. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. You too. Yep. Thank you. Area code 608. Hello, Peter. <clears throat> hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. It's hey. an interesting perspective. Yes, sir. <laughs> that, that growing up, that, you know, I was blind growing up and I had. I mean, I loved Christmas and Thanksgiving, and uh, we had um, we had all kinds. I had all kinds of fun anyway. That uh, and as a kid, it was it was great. And then uh, that eventually, when we first got married, that we did all the decorating and we did everything. That, but you know that um, we lived uh, away from both of our families, and so. Mm -hmm. You know that Christmas, Christmas would come, and we'd spend Christmas with one side of the family, and then New Year's with the other side of the family, and um, and so we eventually stopped doing as much decorating. We stopped doing as many, many parties, and then once I got to seminary, that um, Advent and Christmas is an amazing season. But I've got to tell you, as a pastor, but after you get done doing three services on Christmas Eve and um, and then getting up first thing on Christmas morning to be able to do another worship service. Mm -hmm. um, I By the time I got to noon on Christmas, it was like all I wanted to do was crawl in and go to sleep. And then usually, um, because we didn't have kids, that uh, we would go to my sister's house afterwards. So, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it's, it, it has, uh, it has been, uh, sort of crazy in that I've gotten to the point where, um, both as a sighted person, I got used to not having decorations in the house because by the time we got back after celebrating with, uh, either both sides of the family, 
that uh, the tree was dead and, um, you know, the poinsettias were dead. And so since you weren't going to get to appreciate them really anyway, that we just stopped putting them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, um, I, what I was going to say is that as, as a pastor, I really thought that um, it, it was families who or or people who didn't have extended families to celebrate with um those are the people that show up at church on on uh on christmas both christmas eve and christmas day right and um on weekends where you have christmas eve on friday and christmas day on saturday and then sunday worship services the next mm-hmm. day oh my gosh that uh, um, but you'd see the same same people at every one of those worship services, mm-hmm. so that um, got a number of, of friends that do like they would do the same service for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and the same sermon, and then try and get away <laughs> with doing the same thing on on the Sunday afterwards. <laughs> there you go. But but the people the people that are most faithful in attendance are these people that don't have other other family connections and um although i was so exhausted by the time we got to christmas that i never really wanted to be the host um of a meal that i thought that it was really important to have different messages for each of those exactly yeah um and that um i i still think that uh it's it's incredible i've got a friend that that um, is a pastor, and they start doing worship services at one o'clock on Christmas Eve, oh and goodness. they do a service at at one o'clock, at three o'clock, at five o'clock, at seven o'clock, at nine o'clock, oh and at eleven. Goodness. And then two services again on Christmas Day, so that um, there there are there are a a uh, there's a a professional group out there. <laughs> um, that are committed to being hosts, not necessarily at dinner tables, uh, but that uh, hosts for uh, for the season. That uh, I I have uh, great because I've been part of it. That yeah. uh, great great admiration for the work that they do. Do you think pastors have a uh, a responsibility to um, to work with their with, with their flock to create uh, a sense of belonging at Christmas time. Um, yeah, I do. Um, that I, I think that's one of the uh, main purposes that I tried to foster a uh, sense of community and where people would be involved with one, uh, you know, in. Um, in communal family rather than biological fa- biologic family um, to be able to join together. It was just that um, I, I tend to be something of an introvert, and so by the yep. time I got done with, I was I was not the one that was going to be doing those. And, mm-hmm. Now, did you did you generally serve refreshments after your services on on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Um, usually not on Christmas Eve, but yeah, on, but yes, on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And and I and I suppose um, that actually help with community and 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 making people feel welcomed as well. I guess. Yeah, 
that that uh, you know the schedule the the schedule on Christmas Eve just always got crazy. That uh, one of the sure things that I did um, that one of the places that gets left out most oftentimes is um, a nursing home uh, settings, and so nice. that that um, uh, at the, one of the churches I was at that I did a four o'clock. Uh, 3.30 or 4 o'clock service um, in the church. And then by the time people got done um, wishing everybody Merry Christmas and locking up that uh, I would go to do a nursing home service um, after their supper. And um, and then I'd get done with that service at about uh, 7.30, and then I had another service at 8 o'clock. And so... One of the big challenges was to um, what to do about supper, and mm-hmm. that uh, so the one night we had we had twenty minutes to do something about supper. So we went uh, figured that there had to be restaurants open on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and um, and that the only thing that we could find open at that time at night on Christmas Eve was Burger King, and that they were closing. <laughs> and so we pulled in, and they. They said, what are you doing out at this hour of the night trying to find supper? And so, because I had my clerical collar on and my pectoral cross mm-hmm. on, and and, uh, and I said, said that we're going to this nursing home, and that the following year that we said, well, you know, if you do it twice, it becomes a tradition. So we went to Burger <laughs> King again, and... Uh, and the manager was there serving at the window, and that mm-hmm. he kept the kept the Burger King open long enough for us to have supper before they closed on Christmas Eve because they knew we were going to be coming. That is that so cool! Great, yeah, that is great. That is Mr. great, P- Mr. Peter. Thank you for your call. You're welcome. Appreciate you. it very much. Yep have have a great holiday. Mm-hmm. You too. Albert has hand raised. Hey, Mr. Anderson, perhaps. Can you all hear me? We can. We can, Albert. Yes, we can. Good, very good. And it's really nice to be on a call right after my former uh, classmate, Peter. Yeah, there you go. And now uh, I'm going to make this short. Uh, I'm sorry for being in on the call late. Uh, other things being what they were, but now uh, I'm the fourth of six children, and my family lived 250 miles away from the school for the blind in Janesville, Wisconsin. And so the holidays, when those came around, those were times I got to visit them. Really special times, and different reasons, different times. Uh, I remember this. I remember I can I can tell this little story when um, when I was out on my own and uh, got to go to different uh, family members for different holidays. I remember uh, Christmas uh, a, a little bit hard to shop for people because you need to find someone who wants to shop with you, and that ended this day. Uh, One of the things I enjoy about this time is just walking into a store and hearing all the people just going around and 
you know, doing different the things and the, the music coming over the loudspeakers and stuff. Yep. But uh, what I do, what I was, uh, what I felt rather good about was this, an idea came to me mm-hmm. that um, I gave my siblings a sort of an ultimatum. And that was either you tell me one thing that you want me to get you, or you're going to get a Christmas tree ornament. <laughs> I think that's a good ultimatum. Those, those are easy things yeah. to shop for, you know, fun to look at and all that. And so some of the people still have uh, one or two ornaments that I gave them. That's excellent. So where, where are you going this Christmas, Albert? Um, I'm giving some thought actually to staying here. Mm-hmm. Um, my pastor is planning on coming down and uh, going to church Christmas Eve at a mm-hmm. church where I went for a service one day this last summer. And he's going to be picking up a blind lady who's in my congregation. So nice. He might pick me up. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. I think that'll be excellent, sure. Albert. And are you going to have snow in Chicago by then? To do what, Paul? Are you going to have snow in Chicago by then, Albert? Oh, uh, there's no telling. I think there's a reasonably good chance it will be. That's excellent. Albert, thank you so much for your call. Welcome, Paul. Yep. Thank you. We have Diane Scalzi. Hey, Miss Diane. Hello, Paul and Brian and everybody. I haven't been on this call in a long time. Anyway, so I came in late, but it it sounds like we're talking about, like, what, Christmas um, traditions or something? Well, the good, bad, and the ugly about holidays as as a blind person. Ah, okay. Well, um, I can say that, um, of course, even... Even in my family, when I was growing up, um, dysfunctional as we were, we always had a lot of fun on Christmas. Um, But um, when I got married in uh, 1977, so we just celebrated our 45th uh, anniversary. Wow. um, Congratulations. The Friday after Thanksgiving. But anyway, um, here at this house, um, you know, when Joe's parents were both alive, well, they have always said uh, that that we should have Christmas here, and mm-hmm. you know it makes sense because we do have two kitchens in the house, and we have uh, a lot of space in the basement, you know, where people can sit and eat. Nice. Um, so you know we we we've always had it here, and 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 one year, um, my mother-in-law made a videotape and she showed it to made us all watch it on Christmas mm-hmm. Christmas Eve one year because we celebrate Christmas Eve here. We open all our gifts on uh, Christmas Eve. Excellent. And then we just get together for dinner again on uh, Christmas mm-hmm. Day. Well, um, she made this video and we all had to um, watch it in which she said that w- even after she's gone, that we have to have Christmas at our house. <laughs> and you know there have been some years where where I have thought, dang, I wish we could have Christmas at someone else's house for a change because you know that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But you know we always had a you know a good Christmas. Um, she always when she was 
with us. She always made a lot of cookies and angel wings, which I loved, mm -hmm. and um, and Italian sausage. And oh, my nice. job, my job with the Italian sausage, and I guess that, that this is what she thought I was most capable of, you know, because of being blind, um, was that my job was to poke pin uh poke holes in the sausage casing with a hat pin and nice. you, poke, you poke the holes in the links so that when you when we hung them up in the garage to dry out you know they'd be able to dry out through the through the holes in the uh you know, so i guess it was an important yeah. job but definitely i, I thought that. kind How of cool insignificant. yeah <laughs> um so anyway uh you know we've we've always had a very you know always had a close-knit family and uh joe had i think three brothers who lived out of state much yep. of that time and you know every year a couple of them would come back with their families for christmas and so it was always very crowded in the house one year we had like 52 people oh in goodness. our basement for christmas dinner christmas mm. eve dinner and you know that was just too much. I don't know what we would have done if there'd been a fire somewhere or something because <laughs> it would have been hard for people to get out. Mm -hmm. um, but what are you, you going to do this Christmas, Dan? Uh, well, everyone's still going to come over, but we don't have as many people, you know, because um, we only have some family out of state, and you know we seem to have kind of separated from them. Although we do make sure to um, send the the kids Christmas gifts every year. Um, but, you know, everyone that's in the area um, will come over and we'll still open our, our gifts on uh, on Christmas Eve. And probably the, the big change for several years, we tried having one of those white elephant drawings, you know, for uh -huh. exchanging gifts. And um, we, we didn't like the way that was going because some people weren't <laughs> weren't bringing good gifts, you know, and some of exactly. us were so. So now we've gone back to drawing names. And um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to go back to the way we did it several years ago. And, and you and you know who, who your name is in advance now, too, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. You know, so you can yeah. find out you can find out from, you know, from someone what 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 they might want or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So um, but but there there have been times when I felt out of it, you know, and I don't. um. I don't do as much like as far as the cooking and stuff as I, you know, as the other people do. So mm -hmm. that kind of, that kind of makes me um, feel a little bit sad. And um, like I said, there are times when I, when I'm thinking, geez, I wish I could just be my, be, be by myself for a change, you know, cause it's always just so crazy around yeah. here on Christmas. I, I used to enjoy uh, some of the time that I spent alone. I had sort of, things that i would generally do there was um there was a a program uh, that started out when the internet started out that was done by uh, an outfit called wksu which is the place where folk alley is hosted now mm -hmm. and they used to do a, a a series called icings and ornaments for christmas and they had all mm -hmm. kinds of really cool folk singers who, um, who every year got together and sang new Christmas music in the kind of folk tradition. It was great fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, but, but we always pretty much, you know, just do, um, you know, just do that. And, it, you know, there's always, 
everyone else, the thing that's probably good about it now is that everyone brings stuff. So we don't have to do all of the cooking. Ah, that's excellent. You know, in fact, we do very little of it. You know, everyone else is old enough now that they bring stuff. Yeah. Miss Diane, thank you for your call. Oh, thank you for um, letting me share. We appreciate it. Love it. Thank you. Love it. Love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have Beth from New Mexico. Hey, Beth. Going to have to ask Beth whether there are any Spanish traditions for Christmas that they follow in New Mexico. You are unmuted. There you are. Hey, Beth. You have to ask me. You have to ask me what? Whether there are any Spanish traditions for Christmas that you guys follow in New Mexico. Um. Yeah, a lot of times there is. Um, when we were younger, we used to do the posadas. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, that was where. Oh, they would pick a parish would pick designated houses and um, mm-hmm. and there would be a couple with a donkey and they would go and they would say that line about you know my wife is going to have a child and we're looking for a place to stay and then they would say well there is no room and then mm-hmm. those people would join you and it would be a big procession and it would end up at the um, at the parish mm-hmm. hall and people would take food and stuff like that. But they go to about like nine or ten houses, you know, and then, and then they'd stop at the priest's house, and he would say, "Well, no, um, my wife, you know, there is no room, but you could go next door." And they had it decorated like the stable and stuff like that, and and it would be the parish hall, you know, and everybody would have a big old uh, reception That's and great. stuff, and it was pretty nice. That's pretty cool. And Beth. then um, on December 12th, ooh, and I'm going to try and go to that one. <laughs> you have to run to that one because it's at 5.30 in the morning and the, and the buses aren't running at that hour of, and mm-hmm. it gets cold. It's for the oh, I bet it does. Our Lady of Guadalupe. And uh-huh. um, you, go, you go to Mass at 5.30 in the morning and then, and then uh, you go have breakfast at the parish hall. <laughs> That's excellent. That is excellent. Now, what do you, but, do you have um, the traditional turkey and stuffing and that kind of thing at Christmas, Beth? Or do yeah, you guys? Yes, you do. And um, traditional turkey or ham and, mm-hmm. and stuffing. And um, and then you can have a pot of pozole too if you want to mm-hmm. with, you know, pork meat or, or menudo. You can make menudo too if you want, you know. Mm hmm. Some people don't like it, but some some people do. That's excellent. Any and, any um, fond memories for you for Christmas, Miss Beth? Well, yeah, I used to I used to like uh, when we used to go to my grandparents. My aunt had eight children, and my mom had well four because one of her daughters wasn't living with us. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and then. We used to go to my grandparents uh, every try and go there every Christmas, and we used to we used to go to midnight mass and then come back and uh, open one gift, maybe and go to bed because we had to wait for Santa. Uh huh. <laughs> and um, and then you know I used to love doing that, and they used to let me help decorate. Um, well, me yeah. and my younger sister, she's a high partial. But they used to let us help decorate. But um, 
once people got older and people started moving around, you know, uh-huh. around the country and stuff like that, um, you hardly ever see each other anymore for, except for weddings yep. and funerals. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. So families aren't doing as and, good a job of staying together, Ms. Beth. And then um, something happened. My brother, my brother, my older brother got killed on Christmas of oh, 90. Yeah. So my mother really didn't like to decorate. Now, when we came over and we would decorate, she was fine with that. But mm-hmm. her herself, she wouldn't decorate, you know. Yep. And... Um, I don't know why. I, well, I guess I can. I guess I can see her point, but I don't know. But, Ms. Um, Beth, thank you a lot for sharing. We appreciate I, it. Okay, absolutely. I was just going to say now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, during pandemic, I'm in a place where um, they, if they invite you, they invite you. But uh, things, you know, I don't know they. So it, it, People it don't, may, they're yep. apprehensive sometimes. Yep, so it may be a little lonesome for you this year. Yeah. Of course, things are opening up, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and it's going to be good, I guess, you know, but um, yeah, we're going to have to find some place to go <laughs> or something. I think so. There you go. <laughs> Ms. Beth, thank you. Yep. Happy holidays to you and your family. Sure. You do have one more hand. Um, Go for Deanna, it. Deanna, Nor- Deanna Noriega. Deanna Noriega. Hi. <laughs> we, we don't know her. Hello, Hi, Deanna. Deanna. Yeah. Um, well, I can say that in, in our family, there were certain traditions. We um, always made a large batch of tamales because my Apache father was raised in Texas. And so mm-hmm. that was a... Um, a, a Christmas week activity when we were out mm-hmm. of school, we made an assembly line, and I was the masa spreader. <laughs> so nice, good, you know, to, to uh, put the the corn meal um, dough on to the mm-hmm. corn corn husks, and mm-hmm. then I'd pass it to a brother who would you know add the filling, and then it would go on down the line and finally get you know finished wrapped and handed to my mother that would put it in a big steamer to cook them and so she made um and gave away tamales to neighbors and friends so that was a big family tradition and on christmas eve we um would go um to midnight mass and then we would come home and we would um open one present that we knew what it was because it was pajamas every year because uh, he wanted us all to look nice for the Christmas pictures. So we got new pajamas on Christmas <laughs> Eve. And uh, we would also open one of the gifts from each other because with, you know, five kids in the family, we would um, have presents for each other and presents from our friends at school and, you know, um, mm-hmm. some, you know, neighbors or whatever so we'd have a some things before santa ever arrived under the tree so we would nice. try to make our package look most interesting so that our siblings would pick that one to open because i remember buying my younger brother a basketball one time so i took a, a 
the roll from an empty Christmas paper and I wrapped it up like a giant um, pissy pop. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. That's great. That's to great. make it look interesting. But, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, and, just silly things. And, yep. um, and did he open it first? He did. Um, Ta-da. Yeah. And then we would, you know, do the joke gift where you wrap several layers of boxes and then a tiny box inside. And we would do all those kind of silly things to make it more fun. And we would drink um, uh, chocolate, hot chocolate with cinnamon in it. And my mother would would fry Um, bonuelas, which is also a a sort of a Mexican, Tex-Mex kind of um, fried pastry with cinnamon sugar on it. And, very uh, good too. Yeah, so we would do those things, um, and then on Christmas Day, being Ojibwa, my mother would like to to cook a buffalo roast, and nice. we, and have berry pudding and and more northern Indian type things. Mm-hmm. But being in a large family and being the eldest daughter, from the time I was little, I was Mama's helper second pair of hands and i was the mm-hmm. gift wrapper she would cheat she'd even make me wrap my presents i wouldn't know what they were she'd just hand me boxes and say wrap this and i would get <laughs> finished with it she'd write who it belonged to on the tag so um because she she liked the fact that i could wrap just about anything and and do it neatly and you know, so it was you're, you know that was kind of my thing to you're do you're a better man than i gunga din <laughs> so the what I We're learned fifty seven, Paul. Yeah. When yeah. I what I learned was if you wanted to be accepted, you have to act as if you are and just insist on doing stuff. So when I was on the vestry committee at a little church here in Missouri, um every Sunday different people would volunteer to do the the after church um, you know. food and drink and Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um i did a mad hatter's tea party i just said we're going to have a mad hatter's tea party on on my sunday everybody wear fun hats and (laughs) i brought my teapot collection and put all kinds of different flavors of tea and i made a trifle in a big bowl and of course other people brought other (laughs) you know goodies to go with the the tea party but you know when you take charge and say this is what we're doing and organize it they kind of have to let you do what you want to do <laughs> they do miss diana we're gonna have to let you go because we're about All out right. of time but that's Thank you so much. that's my way of coping is is just pretending i don't notice and go ahead and do it <laughs> that's a, you got a it. good answer yeah. ladies and gentlemen holidays thank you very Same much to for you both hugs too yep. thank you and thanks to everybody who called in tonight. I think this was a fun show. Um, I, I think we found out lots and lots of things that we didn't know. And at this point, I have no idea what we're doing next week. So if somebody wants to send me a suggestion <laughs> by tomorrow, um, we'll certainly give it some consideration. I think before before the year's over, we're going to do one on 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 New Year's traditions and New Year's resolutions. But um, but perhaps not next week. We'll wait a while. So, well, I'm going to be part of the New Year's um, celebration. I'm going to kick it off. So we're having a, a um, I'm supposed to be spiritual. So this is going to be a challenge. <laughs> yep, it is. 
So right. have a good one. Good night, Thank everyone. You. Good night, all. And good night from me.